You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Hi, welcome to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about being part of a multidisciplinary team. This week, we read Incorporating Interprofessional Education and Practice in Counselor Development, published in Counseling Today 2021. Heather, tell me about some really great teams that you've been a part of as a professional. Well, I think there's been a few. The ones that stick out to me most are when I had leadership that had defined goals and that every piece of the team had the same not only was the goal reachable, mm-hmm. but it was like the same driven force. So it wasn't mm-hmm. like you take care of this piece and never get follow up. It's like you took care of your piece and then that made the greater puzzle. Like yeah. there was a lot of follow up. It usually mm-hmm. came down to who was leading our team mm-hmm. and then also individuals with, are they doing their part? Yeah. Are they as invested as I am? Do they feel the same yes. about yeah. whatever our common goal was? Yeah. They have like the same vision in mind. Maybe. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You're helping me. At first I was having a hard time thinking of some really great teams that I've been a part of or like times where I've been really excited. But yeah, now I'm, I'm, you're bringing some to mind. I'm thinking of, I have been thinking of a a counselor friend of mine that worked for me a couple of years back and she worked so hard and we did have the same vision in mind. And I totally trusted. And I think she did too, that if one of us wasn't there or wasn't involved in something, we could totally trust that it was done well by the other right. person. Right. Having that, knowing that if you weren't there looking and seeing if someone's things were done, that you mm-hmm. knew they were going to follow through. Yeah. If you had a deadline or if you had something that was your part, you knew the other person was going to definitely take care of yeah. their part. I think she and I worked really well together too, because I knew and acknowledged where she was strong and she knew and acknowledged where I was strong. Right. And we would call on each other for different things. So Mm -hmm. she would go, Hey, can you help me think of this? Right. And when she came to ask me that, yes, that's my favorite thing to think of. Mm -hmm. Or I would go, Hey, can you help me with this? You kill it every time you do this. And we could, right. You know, going back and meet meet and go back and forth. I, one team in particular I was part of, one of our meetings we would have twice a month, actually. First of all, they were always put together with some kind of like fun or silly little thing that we got mm-hmm. to do, wear jeans to work that day or you know yeah. something like that. But also the way they were put together was like, you're going to do a, pres- a case presentation, client presentation, and you're looking for clues. And so it was almost like a game the way it was mm-hmm. set up, but you learn to do case consultation really well that way. But you're also seeking someone else's opinion not just about the client, but about what interventions have already been, like, what have we already tried Mm -hmm. and what's worked and can we spur off what's already worked? Like, can we keep going? And so that, and looking at it from just a different way than I had been taught to look at case consultation, Uh it really helped, uh, it helped our team a lot focus on, okay, well, this person's so good at seeing the medical side of things. And this Mm -hmm. person's so Mm -hmm. good at seeing the psychosocial part. And that together, we always left those meetings with whoever had just presented feeling like, oh, I can tackle this hard thing. Yeah. That makes me think a time at a hospital that I worked at. And I already had proof, even as a pretty new counselor, that this was not always the case, that teams don't always work together this well. 
but a multidisciplinary team and everybody had their strengths. Mm-hmm. So we had doctors and nurses and therapists mm-hmm. and all different modalities working together. And I remember actually a time where someone got really upset with me. Okay. And I don't know that they knew it was me that did the thing that they were upset about, but they were upset and they were yelling. Mm -hmm. And then they did find out it was me. And then they were, then it was more directed, right? More more directed Mm -hmm. at me. But I still thought it was really great teamwork because we still had the same idea in mind. We thought we were thinking about it differently, but to me, that's the point of a multidisciplinary team. And while I was thinking from a therapist perspective, this person was thinking from a nurse perspective. And even though she was upset and I was surprised that she was yelling at me, Mm -hmm. we still were able to communicate why we both had our differences in perspective and come up with an answer that we were both pretty happy with. And I wasn't upset or hurt by the fact that she was upset. I went, no, I think that means that you take your job seriously. Right. I'm You're happy. in yeah. the game. Right. right. If you were asleep behind the nurse's station, then you wouldn't be yelling at me, but you also wouldn't be contributing to right. what the team needs. Well, I think we hit on something there too. It's about communication mm-hmm. because especially when you're working in a team of multiple just faceted with like medical staff and mental health staff and maybe a specialized treatment staff as well. You could have a huge team. If you're all looking at the patient, you're going to see them from a different point of view. It's that communication is the key. What's Mm -hmm. important in the clinical treatment of a client might be different than the medical treatment of a client Mm -hmm. and they might not work together. Mm -hmm. So being able to communicate those differences, I think is huge. That makes a good team. Yeah. Heather, I can think of other times where I was part of a team where part of why I loved it and thought it was great was because we came up with something really fun or cool. Right. It's a different Um, perspective. Yeah. But I've worked at, oh, actually, I hadn't thought about this in a long time. In my undergraduate degree, I don't don't know if I would call it an internship. Maybe it was an internship where I had took a class where a lot of the class was about volunteering somewhere, being part of an organization. And they did so many cool things for people with disabilities and it really meant a lot of teamwork and communication. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I did was help coordinate water week Okay. for or maybe it wasn't a full week. That would have been hard, but water day or right. water weekend or something, <laughs> something for the week when we, all of the campers had electric wheelchairs. Ooh, that is tricky. Yeah. It took a ton of thought and mm-hmm. creativity and coming up with stuff and planning and, and also being careful. What are we going to do if someone's electric mm-hmm. wheelchair does get wet? Right. And what's the backup plan? What are we going to do if we've got this super heavy wheelchair with a dead battery mm-hmm. and we're like down a hill or something? Right. What are we going to do? That was really fun. We came right. up with some really great creative ideas and it worked well. I think on certain teams, there's always going to be if like personality obviously comes into Mm -hmm. it and just like character comes into it. I was part of a team before that was part of a school and was the teaching team. But the way our school was divided up at that time, you were in charge of certain parts of the curriculum. Mm -hmm. And so your job not only was to teach the kiddos that part, but to teach the other teachers that part. So they knew what they could build their lesson plans off Mm -hmm. what you were teaching. It was a great collaborative effort and I loved my team I was on, but I also knew that the reason we worked so well together is because we knew those kiddos personality types and we were like, Mm. oh, this group of kids in particular needs more physical or more. And I think if you know that, not just about the team you're working on, but like how it impacts, whether it's one client or whether it's how to run your business. I think Mm -hmm. those things are important to know, like, who are you working with? 
Yeah. And what parts that you were saying earlier with your colleague that it was, you knew she would do her part, Mm -hmm. like whatever her part was, Mm -hmm. she would take care of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Heather, now this part seems easier for me, actually. (laughs) What are some teams that you've been a part of that were not great teams? They did not win the game together. Mm, I have three in particular that stick out and two Mm -hmm. of them are from the same employer. Oh, that wasn't a great experience. Yeah. But I think it was the culture of the company, not understanding what exactly our agency needed. We were the first of something within that Mm -hmm. company. Mm -hmm. And so there was a lot of jealousy amongst other sites that like, well, why do they get that over at that location? And we don't have it. Mm-hmm. And then that would trickle down to us not getting something we needed. Well, we treated children under the age of seven. What you need for those, that clientele is very different than what you need for teenagers. Mm-hmm. And it should look different. Yeah. But there was a lot of back and forth. And I really felt this on just poor leadership, like leaders not being able to hold firm to their opinion or leaders not being able to hold firm to what was already said, mm-hmm. just flip flopping, mm-hmm. a lot of cross talking between different sites and different, I mean, just yuck, to be honest with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think some similarities between the situations that I'm thinking of. One of my examples that a multidisciplinary team is the, the strength in that is that there are more perspectives. And mm-hmm. so you, you have more voices and more ways to look at things and more ways to problem solve. I think some of the times where I've been a part of a team effort that didn't work well It was because the different parts were so different and weren't able to see from each other's perspective. Right. So counselors work all the time with doctors, psychiatrists, dietitians, Mm -hmm. teachers. Right. Social workers. Speech therapists, Mm -hmm. occupational therapists, all those people. And if we can't at all see, see from each other's perspective, then I think we get stuck. Right. I think that happens quickly and it can make just one interaction. Like if you've already had a bad experience with that individual, it can go downhill quickly. There's a team that I was on in particular, and I think it was the psychiatrist really thought he had a strong opinion on this client and what they needed. And pretty much the rest of the team was like, uh, no, I don't think that's a great idea. Like just kind of like red flag, red flag. And it really came down to our team deciding that we would use a different psychiatrist because mm-hmm. it was so abrasive and control seeking mm-hmm. where it's like, mm-hmm. we're all doing yeah. different parts of this. There should be, I mean, yes, there needs to be leadership, but definitely yeah. was not his job. I think my first job out of school, I was part of a multidisciplinary team with a doctor, a social worker. I'm trying to, I can picture everybody's face and I, st- I can't quite remember what we all did. Probably tech, a tech, mm-hmm. a couple other people. And the doctor did not want to see from anyone else's perspective. Mm-hmm. wanted to do things their way. And they also spent 30 minutes to an hour each day mm-hmm. with us. And then they were gone. They were right. outside of our building. And then you're in it. And then we're doing dealing, the work. Right. <laughs> um, and one morning I remember... He wanted to allow, the doctor wanted to allow a kid to have het, their earphones. Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, so long enough ago that everybody's earphones had cords. Mm-hmm. And this kid was very suicidal mm. and homicidal. Oh, well, then no. <laughs> and he was, the doctor was adamant that he was going to give this kid their headphones. headphones. And so all the previous day until that point, we'd been, the rest of the staff had been saying no to mm-hmm. this kid. And so the doctor came, the doctor wanted to give the headphones and something that we never did, which would have been nice if we did this, more right. often, mm-hmm. but we pulled the kid in and they were actually part of this discussion. Mm-hmm. And the doctor made a big point of saying, Sarah disagrees, but I'm going to make her hand these to you right now. 
really, Mm -hmm. really controlling. So not only did he make a decision that everybody else in the group felt strongly about not Mm -hmm. doing, but made a big show of, and now I will force her. Now I'm going to force Sarah to do something that you adamantly were against. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. He, the doctor gave me the headphones. I had. He expected me to stand up and walk across the room and mm-hmm. give the kid mm-hmm. his headphones back. Wow. Did you do it? I think I did. I can't remember exactly. Well, I, I bet I did. Yeah, you were new. <laughs> yeah. I probably did. Um, so, yeah, I think that happens. That teams that don't work well together are teams that cannot see from each other's point of view. Right. I think it happens a lot. And, and I don't mean to be beating up on doctors here at all, by any means, <laughs> but I think it happens a lot when somebody on the team feels like they have more power, more education, more something than the other. And when that dynamic goes down, it's not respecting, for example, not ex- not really respecting the supervisee in the room. Maybe if you're, mm-hmm. you know, I can mm-hmm. see on a situation where like, oh, they're just at a school. They don't know any better. They don't uh, know what they're doing. Yeah. Kind of having that mentality. And I think that's when if you're not mm-hmm. going to respect everybody in the room for their yeah. experience in mm-hmm. the situation. And yes, I think even sometimes just as a human being. Right. Just as a, just I mean, respecting each other as human beings. Your yeah. example is perfect on that, actually. Like, yeah. yeah, I can also think maybe it goes. I mean, we're the supervisors now that we're thinking about when we weren't the supervisors or just in mm-hmm. other team dynamics. I can think of teams where I was in charge. I was either mm-hmm. the supervisor or responsible for things. And I think the team worked better and I had more fun. I think everybody else had more fun because the power dynamic wasn't the most important thing. Right. Right. That's not mm-hmm. important. It's yeah. not. Yeah. Maybe I've described this before, but I worked at an organization where a large part of what we did was provide social activities Mm -hmm. for the group of people that were being provided support groups and therapy and things like that. Uh, And we coordinated some really fun stuff like a stargazing night. That's fun. Or pancake pajama something. Mm -hmm. I don't know. A Halloween thing. We did Thanksgiving and that we had the most successful Thanksgiving. I think the previous year there'd been maybe 20 or 30 people. And the Thanksgiving that I was there for, we had, I think we ended up counting 250 plus. That's a huge jump. Right. We weren't prepared. Right. And it's a good thing that we were a good team because we, we looked at each other and went, oh, my goodness. We're going to need more food. Yeah. Somebody better go get some more plates quick. Right. So luckily it was a potluck, but we okay. still were not totally. Right. Pre- we needed more chairs. We needed mm-hmm. more, which really made it fun. Right. That we ended up using every single chair we could get our hands mm-hmm. on. But we had to work to make it as happen. a team. Right. Definitely. And me being the leader in that situation. I did everything. I was hauling chairs around and stirring gravy and Mm -hmm. wiping up messes. And And that makes a good team Mm -hmm. when everyone's willing to contribute equal amounts. Mm -hmm. Okay, Heather, how as supervisors do we help create team players or prepare our supervisees to be part of a multidisciplinary team? Stay with us. We'll be right back. Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. 
I think the number one thing you can start with is some of the things we just talked about, like communication skills. If you have a supervisee that's afraid maybe to speak up to a doctor to say, oh, can you, I need to learn more about Abilify or I need to understand. Mm -hmm. It's such an important conversation to have both ways. One, for the supervisee to actually get their question answered Mm -hmm. in, in that meeting, not wait for supervision, but like get it answered in the moment. But then also it allows others on the team that maybe weren't going to speak up to yes. like learn something to, oh, that's the new standard with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. a prescription or yeah. that. And so I think that's one way is just to really encourage them. Like if you don't know, find out immediately. Mm-hmm. I think another great way to encourage your supervisees is model that for them. Let them know of the groups you're part of or the things you're part of and let them come with you. Let them yeah. see different, have the experience. Right. Absolutely. I think something I do and and it doesn't come up with every single supervisee I have, But I want supervisees to know about the education experience of other professions. Right. Right. That most counselors, I think, when they're trying to make the decision for themselves, don't know what a social worker, psychologist, Mm -hmm. counselor, psychiatrist. Right. What are they doing? What are ABA therapists? I actually had a parent call this a week or two ago and say, I don't know, I think I need a play therapist or an ABA therapist, either one. <laughs> You're like, uh. and, I went, and so I did, I educated the parent mm-hmm. about the difference, but then I also used it as a chance to educate my supervisees right. and say, I don't know if you guys know, but this is what this means. And this mm-hmm. is how it looks differently. And this is what, how the education needed right. and where those people are coming from. I think that makes a big difference. Well, I think it's not a defined title, but when you go into the field of mental health, so much of what you do, even not at work, is psychoeducation. True. It just comes across. And so it's worth it for your supervisees to learn those things because people are going to ask them and they're going to be caught off guard. Right, right. Yeah. So to explain to somebody else, I think it's useful when you're talking to, if you and I, as therapists and counselors, talk to an ABA therapist that's maybe working with a client of ours, mm-hmm. but we didn't know what ABA therapy was. Right. Well, then how are we going to right. be effective? What are we right. going to be able to recommend if mm-hmm. we don't know what we'd be to- talking a totally different language? Right. We wouldn't understand each other. So I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Helping our supervisees know either giving them the information or expecting them to explore and figure out what do these other professions do? Where are they coming from? What's right. their experience in education? Well, I think that's a question I actually ask my supervisees during supervision is, oh, when you went to that school meeting and you said it was the school counselor, and then when you got there, it was the district psychologist. Those are two different jobs, like completely, right. and totally. they mean different things. Mm-hmm. And so it's like also being able to educate the teacher or the parent who mm-hmm. thought you were meeting with somebody else that thoughts not even the same job, mm-hmm. not even close. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Any other ways that we make or create team players? Well, I know something I'm not currently doing, but I know you do group supervision. And I think yes. just by the dynamics of doing some group supervision, you're creating a mini team. You may not even be assessing the same clients or the same thing, but you are working together towards a common goal. Mm-hmm. It's just not as clearly defined. Yeah. And I think we do that when I, when I'm doing group supervision, I try and bring them in. So mm-hmm. let me think, maybe we're talking about a play therapy client and there's a little overlap between another supervisee of mine who might be seeing adults. Right. And so we might bring in, okay, well, how would you think about a parent that was presenting with right. this concern? Right. Or if you knew you had an adult client that was a parent of this kid, 
what would be the things that you would conceptualize mm-hmm. or think of might be needs of theirs or concerns that you would want to address? I think it's important to tailing off that to have your supervisee prepare questions mm-hmm. so that if they are going to either a school meeting or a meeting treatment team meeting at a hospital or a facility oh. that they're like, what could the psychiatrist provide for you? What could you ask? Right. About? Oh, that's a good question. You know, that oh, that's a good idea. I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. You're training them to ask the question versus just assume whatever they say or don't say is mm-hmm. the answer. If you're asking a question, it also is showing that you have interest and that mm-hmm. you want to be part of the team, not just excluded as, as the green counselor mm-hmm. on the team. Yeah. I really like that because I'm thinking you are expecting a supervisee to call and collaborate with someone and maybe they've never done that before and they just call and go, hi, it's me. Right. Hey, um, <laughs> so we have this client in common. I'm finally glad I got you on the phone because that probably took a few right. days. <laughs> sure. And then you have nothing to say. Right. And you're like waiting for the other person to tell you something and they're waiting for the other right. person to tell you something. And so then you're both just sitting there on the phone going, well, that was great. I don't glad know. we talked. Yeah, <laughs> right. So I think I'll start thinking about that more often. I think something even in school we could do to help create multidisciplinary team players would be conceptualizing together. Yes, I had that in my school, actually, and it was great. Mm -hmm. I loved that. In fact, at the very beginning, when we were first learning how to conceptualize, we had, I think it was like eight categories. I'm remembering there were eight in my group, so maybe there weren't actually eight categories, but we each had to take a part and become the expert on that part mm-hmm. of the client's life. So you'd read through kind of the like written up little thing and then pull out the things that were social or, you know, oh, that's more on like the deep rooted problem here, addictive behavior, something mm-hmm. else. And mm-hmm. then each person had to present that part of the client. Yeah. And really, it was a whole. Yeah. I think another part of this for me that I've seen in supervisees, I don't know if I felt this way, maybe when I was getting started. I think supervisees of mine that I that have experienced feeling not confident enough to talk to other mm-hmm. professionals or feeling like they're not um, proficient as counselors and so they don't want to speak up. Right. So even pra- maybe practicing that, mm-hmm. like not and, just conceptualizing, yeah. but practicing, okay, if you, when you call this person or when you talk to this counselor or this psychiatrist, mm-hmm. how would you describe to somebody else what you're seeing or what you're right. doing? Right. And how, what if you're going to, ha- what if you know that you're going to see it two different ways because mm-hmm. the client hasn't reported X, Y, and Z to this other yeah, person? Yeah. Something that I have used in organizations when we're dealing with insurance and there's a review, right? an insurance review, we'll have supervisees or counselors complete a concurrent review form hitting on some important topics. And those important topics are kind of your speaking points. Mm -hmm. If you are talking to another counselor, if you're talking to a parent or a spouse of a client, Mm -hmm. what are the things that you hit on as major points or things Mm -hmm. you'd want to emphasize? And of course, you change your message a little bit depending on your audience. Right. But it helps you to to write it, say it, think it Mm -hmm. before you're actually trying to deliver your message. Right. I think that's been really helpful. Yeah. Never great to call somebody and have no plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> calling yeah. the client's parent and saying, oh, hi, how are you? And then all of a sudden, that was the mm-hmm. wrong question to ask. <laughs> right, right. Well, this does seem really important based on what we've described and also really complicated to help somebody become a really well-rounded member of a multidisciplinary team. Right. Well, thanks today for listening to Supervision with a Vision. You've been listening to Supervision with a Vision. Head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Be sure to check us out on Facebook and Instagram at Therapy Academy to join the conversation and get show notes.
We'll be back next week with more Supervision with a Vision. 